following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, October 29th, 2019, Season 15, Episode number 71. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Following a bye week, Cowboys are getting ready for their next division opponent. Got the Giants coming up this Sunday in New York. I'm sorry, this Monday in New York. Uh, and before we get into all of that, we'll talk about that tomorrow and on Thursday. But today, we have to talk about uh, signing Cowboys over the weekend. Actually, it was last Thursday, I think, uh, Thursday evening at about the time we were all settling into a nice bye weekend. Uh, the Cowboys made the decision to trade for one Michael Bennett. They trade a seventh-round pick that could become conditionally a sixth-round pick. I want to get all of your opinions on what you thought when you first saw that the Cowboys made this move. Let's start with you, Nick. Well, you don't want to know what I first thought, but um, <laughs> no, I really do want to know what you first thought. Well, I was disappointed that uh, you know we didn't kind of get more of a heads up on it. We felt like we had an opportunity to do that. But uh, mm. my first thought about the actual move that pertains to everyone else, um, just another guy that you know. Well, actually, my first thought is why do the Patriots don't want him? I mean, why does Bill Belichick, the best coach of all time, not want him? So that's my first thought, really. But I feel like he'll help. You know, he'll help if they can rotate him the right way. He probably does what Tyrone Crawford was doing as inside, outside flex guy. Dave, what do you, Dave? What did you I, think? Sorry, I was waiting for the illustrious host. I'm you needed me to say your name? Okay, well, Dave. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> my first thought was, oh, bleep. Bleep, bleep. Uh, put well, the beer down. You put the beer down. I guess those plans are on hold. Bleep. Oh, Nick's calling me. I guess I got to write this story. Bleep, bleep. I thought we were on a bye week. Welcome to the world of DallasCowboys.com, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, so we got all that taken care of. And then once I got over the initial shock of – I mean, you know – we're not we, – we play some things close to the chest sometimes. Like, you know, we'll, we'll hear whispers that, you know, this is in the works. Don't say anything or you're fired. Uh, you know, this might be coming down later today. <laughs> this was not one of those, though. Like, I mean, we were completely blindsided by this, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I hadn't heard anything about it from anybody. I left work on Thursday thinking that nothing interesting was going down. Uh, so kudos to them for playing that one really close. Um, anyway, once I got over the shock of it, I think it's a great deal. Um, I don't really worry about that with, you know, why doesn't Belichick want him? Because the Patriots scheme is so unlike what Bennett has experienced most of his success mm -hmm. success doing. Um, you know, everybody's already tied the parallel with Chris Richard. Jason Garrett talked about how that was a big a big selling point for why they were comfortable doing it. He can play end. He can play tackle and nickel and rush situations. I think it's a great, great trade. This is the type of trade I love to see because you're not mortgaging your future and you're getting a guy that can really help you right now. Um, and, you know, he's he's a he's a uh, an outspoken guy. He's got a reputation and a lot of people don't like him because of that. If it doesn't work out, it was a seventh round pick. Like I, whatever you can part ways with him for no real loss at all. I think it's a lot of upside with very little downside. I love it. 
something just doesn't feel right to me in a way. I'm like, there must be something else. I don't know, because it, it, it seems too good of a trade for it to happen. I just don't know. I can't pinpoint what it is, but it just seems one of those situations where it's too good to be true in a way. So I'm like, there has to be something that's up or, or wrong here. Maybe this guy is in all that that will plug the Cowboys can plug him in into the field in the line and him being effective for the Cowboys. I don't know. Well, I think I think the most important thing is that he was out of well, really, I don't want to say out of position, but the Patriots are were, what the Patriots do is not necessarily what he does. Um, they are very they are not mostly in a four three front. They're not mostly in a four down line front, right? And he's a defensive tackle slash defensive end. Which means that it makes it tough for him to get onto the field. Now, depending on how good or bad he is, I, I probably I would venture to say he's not like a world beater. He's 33 years old, so th- there is a likelihood that he could be less of a player than he was the year before that. What I will say is, 2018, this was a guy that had nine sacks. Last year, and that same year, Demarcus Lawrence led the team, the Cowboys, with ten and a half sacks. Next closest guy had six in Gregory. He's not here. So... If you look at it from that standpoint, just what he was a year ago, this is a guy that was would have been the second highest would have had the second highest sack total on this team. That to me says, okay, I'll take a chance on the fact that he was just not a guy that could fit into what the Patriots are trying to do. And worst case scenario, he's not that good. You didn't yeah. lose anything. You gave up a seventh round pick and maybe a sixth round pick. How many for times him. did he bounce around this year? Uh, well, he went from the Patriots. He was, he was with the, the Eagles. Eagles. Yes, the, Eagles the Eagles traded him to New England in the spring. Right um, before that, he was you know he was one of the mainstays on that Seattle defense. I would be more concerned about why the Eagles let him go than why the Patriots let him go because the Eagles do what the Cowboys do, and they decided, hey, you know, we're ready to move on from him. So that to me would be more of a concern than the Patriots. But again, like I said, a guy that had nine and a half sacks a year ago. Take that yeah. chance. Like they didn't give up much yeah. to take that chance. It's not like his salary is that high. So go well, for it. Well, he's got some, you know, he's got some baggage, I guess, and he's got some that might be an issue with the Cowboys. Now I don't know if this has all been worked out. I was, t- we were told the trade came together quick. So you wonder if questions about his stance on the anthem, his stance on Jason Witten, his st- uh, why he was suspended a game for the with an altercation with the coach for the Patriots. So you know there are some some issues here, and and he's very like Dave said, very outspoken. He's an author of a book, you know, that's very outspoken, and you know, it, it it could it could be an issue if if you know the the leaders in the locker room and and you know don't handle it. But um, it's not like he hasn't been an effective player where he's been. And, and does he exactly fit what the Cowboys are going to be missing with Tyron Crawford? If he plays like he's played, it's an upgrade. If, and I like if, Tyron Crawford, yeah. and he does what Crawford does, but he's better at it, in my opinion. Yeah. He's better at it. That's and, in a perfect world. Yeah, I call that an upgrade. And if, I don't think I'm sorry. I don't no, think Michael Bennett has had the uh, as good of pass rushers around him as he'll have here with Quinn and D Law, um, and even Hyder. You know, I mean, it, it, it's I mean nothing against what the, the what the uh, Seahawks did back then because obviously they won a Super Bowl. They were great defense. They had about f- four like. Really good rushers, right? Yeah, or they good had. Rushers. They, they, did, had a, a they didn't have. Them. They didn't have a stud. They yeah. just had five really good. They had Averill. They had Bennett. They had um, another dude whose name is escaping me. 
Clark didn't get there till yeah. later. But I mean, right. they had, they at, had their, at their peak, they had about five that just kept coming. Right. Um, which is kind of what you're recreating here, I think, to which some degree. Y- you can't say that Bennett only cares about winning because he forced his way off the best team in the league. But I think he cares about winning and competing and having a role. He, I've never met the guy, but he seems like an alpha in the truest terms, you know. Um, I met his brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Craziest player we've ever had, I think. No. You think? A.B. was the craziest player we've ever had. Don't call Anthony Brown like that. <laughs> you mean Antonio Sorry. Bryant? Antonio Bryant, yes. Antonio Bryant, I was mean. Was crazy. He, well. What I other guy just stands on the sideline and all of a sudden just does a backflip <laughs> just because? I mean, he's just standing there and does a backflip. <laughs> he's had a good conversation with himself. Going. That's, I'm like, kinda, you he's know, up there, though. Marty I, B. is up there. I never dealt with Marty B., but I'm kind of surprised to hear that when you, you know, I've heard some stories about. Ratliff, I've heard some stories about Mary yeah, and Barber. Much crazier guys okay, than him. He, Crazy's not the right he word. Was, no, it's not the right word. Yeah, it's not the right he word. He was an interesting guy. He's interesting, yes. And and he eccentric. Yeah, and, and yeah. he, you know, when he was gone, he said what he said about uh, Jason Witten, and you know, I think I think Bennett was in that interview with Michael Bennett. Was it was in a the inter- ESPN the magazine profile. So, they were both. What in was it. this whole thing about Jason Witten? Well, I mean, Mar- Martellus said that he he respected Jason Witten as a player, but just didn't like him and. And I bet you it was mutual just because, you know, that they have a different approach to the game. And and I think you could say Martellus Bennett. Um, I don't know if he loved football. I think he loved what football gave him because he always had interest in doing other things. I don't know if he was as interested about football was just one thing. That yeah, he one did. Thing. that's the point. And he may have loved it, but it was just one thing. It and didn't I, mesh I think that was it. also the point about about Martellus that that made people look at him a little different is because he did have a lot of different interests, and they weren't the typical interests that you see from a six yeah. foot five black guy like the things that he did he was very interested in a lot of cerebral things and i think people are like that that seems weird like he's writing kids books mm-hmm. and he loves technology like there are all these and things that that said he, maybe this is a nerd but he's in a football player's body you remember when and he, so it just it seemed weird to people. you remember when he got i forgot exactly what it was but he got a, a he got fined by the cowboys and he did an apology you know, and he he wrapped his own apology. Yeah, you know, right. and I mean, he's just he was just different. he wrapped it out. I, he wrapped it out. It was kind of it was pretty good. I actually had a lot of respect for Marty B from the standpoint of I had more respect for him after he finished playing because I did see the fullness of the person that he was and all the different things he I, was interested in. And I think he's good at a lot of those yeah. things as well. I remember when I went to the Pro Bowl. I think it was fourteen. The Cowboys were coaching it, and I was you know there to cover the Cowboys. And he had made the Pro Bowl with the um, Giants, I believe. Maybe with the Bears. I can't remember. Maybe with, I think it was the Bears. And he was talking to the Giants people like, hey, how you doing? Then he sees me and he was like, damn, I've been on a lot of teams, man. <laughs> you know, because he's like, I know you too. So he, he had a good career. And I know we're getting away yeah. from things a little bit because there are yeah. different people. They, they are. are. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I don't really. I don't care that much about Martellus Bennett's role in this whole thing. It, they're different guys. And but again, I mean, that is that is something to watch. Michael Bennett is. Again, he's an outspoken guy. You can talk about the anthem stuff. I think not maybe, you know, I don't know if he's the author of any children's books, but I think he's another guy that is, you know, he's a little bit more 3D than, mm-hmm. you know, he cares about stuff. Besides. He's an author of a little more controversial book yeah. than that. I mean, but I again, the exact title, but it's, it's what, what, what makes white people uncomfortable or something i i didn't know that i heard you mention something it before. like that the author of the book i mean he has been at the forefront of this national anthem and mm-hmm. and you know okay. police brutality debate and all that type of stuff like 
about a month ago, we were talking about the, the dynamic with this group of guys in the locker room, how everything's so well, all these guys get along. The only one was Taco, now he's gone. And then this guy coming in with this baggage with him, does that... All right, real I quick, have, hold on. Oh. I'm going to pause you right there. We're going to okay. take our break. When we come back, I actually want to talk say. about that. Okay. I want to talk about how he affects this locker room and can this locker room withstand a guy that, that's pretty outspoken. Um, and we'll see how that how that plays out. Oh, we'll talk boy. about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East rivals, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and goal, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to today back to the break welcome back it's the second segment of the break live from swbc mortgage studios at the star we're talking about the addition of michael bennett to this team he was out of practice this morning uh it's a pretty messy day out there but uh, they're practicing outside michael bennett was a part of that before the break we started talking a little bit about how michael bennett um will fit into this locker room and and amber you laid out the question i'll throw it out to the group um, how do you think he, he works in this locker room that seems to be pretty cohesive, on the same page, a lot of seemingly similar type, I would say similar type, or at least meshing type personalities, not really outlier type guys that kind of are very different, in my opinion. What do you guys think? I think it's it's the same conversation we've had on this show a dozen times at this point. Is like, at the end of the day, line one is always, are you good at football? And if Michael Bennett can accomplish what they brought him in here to accomplish, which is help them get sacks, I think the rest of it will take care of itself, to be honest. And, like, he's not the only guy in that locker room with outspoken opinions or different interests besides football. Um, He probably voices them a little bit more often than what we're used to seeing here with the Cowboys. I'm interested to see how that manifests itself. But, again, if if he – if he is contributing and is part of a winning effort, I think the rest of it's going to take care of himself. I mean, we haven't talked about it a whole lot, but 
Robert Quinn had his own role in the national anthem protests as well, and and that has hardly been mentioned since he got here, and it had, and it hasn't really shown itself on the field to this point either. So, again, if 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 he's good at football and is taking care of that aspect of it, I think the rest of it will sort itself out. And again, that's kind of what I said at the top of the show too: is if it is this gigantic problem and and he's and he just butts heads then you didn't invest that much in this anyway and it's not something that's hard to get away from you know if you really think about it though and i said this before and i maybe i'll change my i'm going to change what i just said a few minutes ago there really are a lot of different kinds of personalities on this team because you think about a guy like amari cooper who is very seemingly sometimes kind of to himself a very cerebral guy loves to read he's that kind of guy right and then you got a guy like Tank that's just like he'll say whatever comes to his mind in whatever way it comes to his mind, and he'll do it on camera. He doesn't mind getting out there and saying it the way he wants to say it. And then you got a guy like Robert Quinn who gets off the plane in his bathrobe and, you know, is <laughs> heading to his car. Like th- there are a lot of different types of personalities, very, very different types of personalities on this team. And maybe, again, like Dave says, maybe it's all about if you can get them all to buy into this common theme of mm-hmm. we want to win, then it really doesn't matter. Right. I agree 100% with that. And, and and as he said, it's all about, you know, how well you play football. You put up with a lot of stuff if guys are, you know, playing football and, and not being a distraction as well. Because when we saw guys like Terrell Owens, I mean, you know, he, he was good at football, but he was it was too much of a distraction. Not that good, I guess. And I like I said, I mean – he he was unhappy in the on the best roster in the league or one of them at least but again i think the op- the best defense the opportunity to actually play a role in winning games is i assume what he's after and unfortunately you know because of this weird week it's tuesday afternoon and we haven't had a chance to talk to him yet hopefully that happens later today um but i, I don't know i i tend to think and maybe these will be famous last words but i think it's much ado about nothing i don't remember anything about him being this colossal headache while he was in Philadelphia, not during the season last year at least. And he, which Seattle was a whole different animal. That whole team, it's amazing that they juggled the amount of personalities that they had in Seattle for as long as they did anyway. And it just tore itself apart at some point. It was almost like you could just see it at at some point. It just got to a point where it it just seemed like everything was just tearing apart uh, because maybe because all those personalities at some point, it just wasn't going to work anymore. But at the end of the day, I, I mean, he wants to, play a role in winning football games for a good team and if he's got that opportunity then i think the rest of it will take care of itself has he ever had a shoulder injury (laughs) are you referencing his non-existent shoulder pads my god i mean like it's just like punters have bigger shoulder pads than that yeah just wonder if it's ever been an issue he's always done it you know yeah it's got to be like the minimum hasn't seemed like it's gotten in the way of him getting 65 and a half seems like it it doesn't happen here because these injuries with the cowboys seem to be a trend Mm -hmm. so Uh, it's definitely it's just the cowboys (laughs) yeah Yeah, in my eyes it's just the cowboys they they uh, i did have another i did have another question though on this Do, do you guys think that this move was about now we already talked a little bit about Tyrone Crawford. Do you think it's also somewhat of an indictment on a guy like Tristan Hill, who they drafted in the second round 
And you would think that maybe they would be looking for him to get an increased role Mm -hmm. when Crawford goes down, especially at the defensive tackle position. Do you think that this move was more about that or more about the fact that, look, we're really replacing what Tyrone Crawford did and Tristan Hill's still going to be just Tristan Hill, which means he's going to be inactive. Both. I mean, I think the the fact that when when Crawford went down, you were hoping that Tristan Hill would be ready to, you know, kind of step in. And now he's probably going to be inactive again. So, yeah, it's an indictment on the fact that he's not ready to contribute. Um, not that he was ever going to be as good as, as Michael Bennett, I don't think. But I mean, not I, now. Not now. But I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, you 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 knew that. But but I think that if he was a really good player, you know, that was playing at a starting level, no, you wouldn't feel the need to do that. But would you expect more, or do you expect more from a second round pick? Absolutely. Yes. No, I mean, and you know. Yeah, I feel like people give us a hard time for like defending the pick simply because I mean it's way too soon to call him a bust. I mean right. that's a multiple year conversation. But fifty eighth overall pick, uh, his role on this team is is very very disappointing. There's no way around it. I don't necessarily think those things are connected. I and I applaud the Cowboys because again this is. This is the exact type of trade that I love to see where you're like, how can we aggressively make this team better without mortgaging something like a first round pick like the coup? You know, it's they're not in two years. Nobody's going to be like, oh, my God, they don't have that seventh round pick. What are we going to do? You know, like nobody's approaching it that way. So I applaud them for finding a smart way to be aggressive. At I think they might have done it if Tristan Hill was good. But at yeah. the same time, you know. It reminds me of kind of Tony Pollard a little bit when Zeke holds out. Everybody's like, "Well, let's you know, we feel good about this Tony guy. Like, let's see, let's see how much we're going to miss Zeke during the preseason." And sure, some of that was posturing, but like, you're not hearing any of that about Tristan Hill. Like, yeah. there's there's no positive hype about his performance to this point in the season on the field or even, you know, not even like behind the scenes. Like, man, he's he's really given the scout team fits, though, or like he's given the starters fits on the scout team. Like you're not hearing any of that type of stuff. And that's disappointing for a guy that was drafted in the top 60 picks. And I'll I, say I'll, this, though. I've I've heard from coaches just off camera and off the record type conversations where they're talking very highly of Tristan Hill and his future. And I understand how fans can be upset of, uh, you know, they keep asking, oh, what's up with this draft pick? And he's not being productive on the field. And yeah, that's kind of upsetting in a way. But at the same time, you got to look at the future and how, what he can develop into. This guy, I've seen a lot of potential from him, even just watching him at practice, training camp, and what he's done, just his his um, drive. He, he gets up and does it again and gets angry and keeps pushing. He's not the type of guy that's just kind of uh, walking around with his head down, kicking his foot around. You know, he, he has... That. Justin Hill? Yes. I This is surprising to me because I've never heard anyone say that. I, I oh I haven't seen that I, I I to the point where I was not to cut you off but I was wondering are we still talking about Tristan Hill Tristan Hill yes I I was mm. well when I when I heard people talking highly of him mm. not necessarily for this year though for the future and what he can turn into and what they see him becoming not as of right now for this season we actually talked about we did a draft show during the bye week and we talked about that with Tom Saskowski which and. I I'm I don't view it how do I view it? it it's I guess it is a little bit of an indictment I don't blame them I guess is my point but when you when you hear the cliche in the spring about best player available remember this because it's very obvious to me 
that they reached for a position that they thought they needed down the line. They thought, you know, they need a versatile tackle who they think can rush the passer. They love his traits. They do feel very good about what he can become. But it's pretty obvious to me that they probably drafted him thinking that he might not have a huge role on this team, and that's a pick for the future. And they probably knew they couldn't get him at, I think they picked at 90 Mm -hmm. or 91. Like, he won't be there then, and we need him. So we're drafting him early. And so I don't blame them for that because in the long run, I do think it's a smart call. But they reached for him. They and just did. And NFL, sorry, NFL teams do that in the draft all the time. They don't want you to think that they do, but they do. And by the way, this is a team that traditionally the second round pick is a pick they are willing to take chances with. They say, hey, we'll draft a guy that's injured and know that we may not get much out of him the first year. We hope by the second, the third, the fourth year we do. And they've had mixed success with it. There have been some guys that have panned out. There have been some guys that have not. But the point is they love to take chances in the second round. I think it gets even more highlighted when they don't have a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. Because then your top pick is a guy that is a guy that's either boom or bust. Totally. It's unfair to Tristan that he – you know, I mean, he's being shouldered with first-round expectations because he was the first guy picked. If they had a first-rounder playing – great and starting every game and Tristan Hill wasn't doing much. I don't, oh, think, seen, I don't think that many people would I've care. I've seen second rounders get hidden because they had two first round picks. I mean, yeah. nobody re- really remembers Kevin Burnett you know, in the second round. of the. I know you do. He probably wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> Or the same. Brother. But I'm just saying because you have two first round picks, it's like no one's thinking about that. We haven't really talked about him because he's been hurt, but Connor McGovern, I just said they reached for Hill. Connor McGovern was a true best player available pick. Like he it was just so obvious that they should draft him that they did it. If he was healthy and inactive, nobody would care because they'd be like, "Well, right. yeah, like what's he supposed to do?" Like there's pro bowlers and experienced starters at every position on the line. And so it, it's just the circumstances that you're drafted into. But having said that, you should not be a healthy and active if you're a top 60 pick. It's just not a good look. All right, we're going to take our final break when we come back. I want to talk about the trade deadline. It's happening today at 4 p.m. Eastern time. I want to ask you guys if you think the Cowboys make a move, and if they do, what position would it be? We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS1 score September 2018. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Mm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. 
Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Today, today is the final day uh, before the trade deadline. Today at 4 p.m. We're going to ask some questions about that. But before we do, Nick, you got a message for us? Well, I was going to just talk about the uh, Salute Service Plaza Party. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a mouthful to say. It's on the yeah. November 9th, Tostitos Championship Plaza. The Salute to Service Plaza Party. Enjoy live entertainment, military ceremonies, Dallas Cowboys alumni, autographs, and more. After the event festivities, the star will be hosting the top two Madden players as they face Ooh. off in the EA Sports Madden NFL 20 Club Championship presented by Spire. November you guys 9th. play Madden? Dave, you play Madden? Uh, I dabble. I was actually at the risk of sounding like an old man. Like it's so complex now. Like there's all these skills and the player cards, and you got to upgrade your players. And I just want to press the buttons. I bought out, you know? one time. Sean Alexander was on the cover. You're kidding, really? Yeah, I, know, I remembered you playing back in the day. Nah, no? not that. One. I like the college game. A oh, lot, that's what it was. You like the college game? You can play college football on this year's copy. I got a copy of it. Like they let you. What? We're getting into the weeds here, but <laughs> you can play the college football playoff as one of like eight teams. Hmm. Amber, you play? No. <laughs> nice and I, concise. I, uh, She's like, back to the Cowboys. I played it a couple of times. Back to I'm the good. Cowboys. Very good. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, the question I asked you guys before the break um, was about the trade deadline today. Jerry Jones was asked about that. Asked whether they'd still be uh, out in that market. He says, uh, "We're always looking. We're giving it thought. To that end, anything is possible." That all being said, and knowing how everything transpired so quickly last Thursday, to none of us that none of us expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the Cowboys were to make a move today, what position do you think? Safety. safety. Better be safety. Well, I didn't even let me get that out. Safety. No, safety. <laughs> Very clear. Is there any other position? Because I, I made a case before we went on the air that I thought if you can get yourself a blocking tight end, mm-hmm. I'd be willing to give up a seventh round, sixth round pick, something like that to get myself a Speaking of blocking tight giving end. up, are you ready to give up on Dalton Schultz as a player? Okay. Then, yeah, I mean. If, if, you, give me, if you told me I could have a really good blocking tight end, that I could pair with Blake Jarwin and and Jason Witten, I'm willing to say okay, I'm 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 willing to call that a a move forward because I mean, that's pretty significant, fourth round pick in middle of his second year. I will keep saying the same thing that I've been saying, and I'm sorry if it goes against the constantly try to improve your roster, but like I'm just not touching that until Jason Witten retires. I mean, like again. And, and, you know, I don't know off the top of my head what his snap count is, but he's going to command a certain snap count. It's going to be high. You want to develop Blake Jarwin. I get that. I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, that would be nice to have, but I'll just worry about it when Jason Witten finally calls it a career. Have you seen any developing from Dalton Schultz? But, I know he hasn't gotten many chances, but still. But like, again, like, okay, so you're going to trade away an asset for a guy who's going to get similarly few chances? Well, but if he's blocking on the goal line down there, I mean, he, he could be better than what you have here. Let's just throw Jumbo Joe out there well, instead. That, hey, I'm all idea. in on that. And I, me and Nick talked about that last week, too. I'd be all in on that. But it was after that, that no. la- I think it was the last game. What if he caught a touchdown. No. What? No, what? 
Jumbo Joe? What if he caught No, we're not saying get rid of him. We're no, saying, we're saying put him use out him as a third Use oh, him as a third oh, tight end oh, okay. in, in those I'm tough like, situations. No, 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 not at all. We're trying to get him out. We're trying to get him in the field. Get him in the field. We want him playing. His touchdown dance would be It would be legendary. Break the internet, right? Oh, man. I just, like I said, it doesn't jive. Basically, I'm sitting here saying, I know it's not good enough, and I'm still not going to do anything about it. It's just whatever. Like, the minute... The minute Jason Witten decided to come out of retirement, I like that position just went into a holding pattern. It just is what it is. I just think right now when you look around the NFC, I think the Cowboys are in a really interesting spot because if they really want, in my opinion, if they really want an opportunity to be able to get to the Super Bowl, they may have to go and push all the chips in. And what I mean by that is they got to go and get – that one player that can get them over the hump. I mean, right? if that's what we're talking about, then we're not talking about a block right. tight end. You're right. Talking we know about what we're talking about. A guy who happens to live or come from a town right down the street here in DFW. You know what we're talking about. I know about, exactly right? what we're talking but, about. But that's the kind of, to me, when you look at these teams, like we, we were talking at lunch Earl yesterday. Thomas? No. <laughs> just to throw that out he's actually, he's from Beaumont, which he is, is nowhere Beaumont. near. Close to I, Houston. Um, no, I mean, you, you look at, at this team and you look at teams like the, pa- the Packers, you look at teams like the Saints, you look at the 49ers. There are some teams up there right now that, Maybe Michael Thomas is the guy that gets you over the hump. Maybe he is. Maybe that gives you the kind of pass rush Michael that you Bennett. feel. Michael I'm sorry, Michael Bennett. Bennett. I was like, I say? we're getting Michael Thomas? <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Let's oh, go. I up really bad. Wow. No, Michael Bennett. But maybe Michael Bennett is that kind of guy that can get you over the hump. I, I look back at those New York Giants teams that won the Super Bowl, and in both instances it was because their defensive front was so stout. Yep. They were able to get a pass rush, and that's how they were able to beat the Patriots twice. Maybe he's that kind of guy and can still give you that kind of pass rush. But if he's not – then I, I think you have to look at this and say, if you really want to compete this year for a championship, you might have to go all in. And that might mean, and this is the question for you guys, are you willing to give up another first-round pick to go and get an over-the-top type player? Well, if I if I know, you know, and they did a good job last year with Foresight to go, okay, there's not a lot of receivers or whatever. So in next year's draft and go ahead and get Amari Cooper, if they can kind of do something similar and go, all right, we're going to be somewhere between 16 and 25 or who knows. Um, but is there going to be a, a game-changing safety there? Because you need a safety. You you need to draft a safety. And Jeff Heath is unrestricted and – you know, they got to move on and get better at safety anyway, so maybe that's... It would be hard to trade your first-round pick t- two years in a row and be successful at it. But but you're getting uh, a, a wide receiver who is 24 years old who will be here for 8 to 10 years, and you and if you did, you maybe would get a safety in the same boat. I will address the elephant in the room, okay. or the tiger in the room, as happens to be the case. I've already said I would do that deal. His name is Jamal Adams. He plays for the Jets. The thing is... It would be completely different from Amari because you wouldn't have to turn around and pay him. He's got eight. You don't think. Well, I, you're right. I mean, You I could get in a situation where he does a, a Zeke and he's like, I want to hold out for more money. Theoretically, after this year, he, he you can negotiate with him. I do not think he is that um, astonishingly good that he would try to do that. So I think you would get eight years of this eight, – sorry, eight games of this year – one more very cheap rookie year, and then then he's does still he have a fifth year option. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a top ten pick. Yeah, uh, and so you could get a safety at the sixteen to twenty five range. Derwin James was drafted in that range, but why not just go get a guy who's drafted top five in his draft class, uh, who would love to be here? The problem is, and you know, I'm not trying to get people excited because that's, I think, the price at the end of the day. 
I, I just I think it would cost you more than a first round pick. I agree with that. Because it's not just that he's a good player, it's that he's got all those years remaining. You're talking about a young piece, and that's why, you know, the Jets aren't trying to ship off this disgruntled veteran who right. doesn't have a future there. They want him to be a core yeah. piece of what they're trying to so build. So they have to get the one to replace him plus something else that makes it valuable because he is better than a first round pick right now yeah. because yeah. you know what you're getting. And he, that's Already, he's a commodity that already exists, right? The guys on 105.3 The Fan asked me about this, and I was like, I would bet you any amount of money the Cowboys have inquired about this. Like, they're not dumb. Uh, it's just, are they willing to pay the price? And in a world where Jalen Ramsey fetches two firsts and a fourth, I don't know if Jamal Adams is worth that, but he's certainly worth a lot. And I just don't know if they're willing to pull the trigger on and, that. And to lose a first-round pick, I think it was clear after you cut Dez and didn't have anybody that could help. I mean, you had to get a receiver next year. You, you knew that. Um, do they feel like they have to get a safety? No, they, they don't think like that. Other positions, like let's say Witten doesn't come back. You might need to get a tight end in that range. You might need to get a cornerback if Byron Jones doesn't mm-hmm. come come back. And you might need to get that anyways, knowing that Cheeto and, and, and Jordan are will be in the last year of their deal. So there's other positions that you could say, we yeah. will probably need to do that. And, Defensive and, and tackle. I said Defensive that tackle. when you know the Giants traded. Defensive end. I mean, Robert Quinn's a free agent. Robert Quinn's a yeah. free agent for sure. Um, I said that about Leonard Williams yesterday. That, you know, The Giants traded for him for a third and a fifth. And that's all well and good. That's a cheap price. But the problem is, much like Cooper last year, you got to turn right back around and pay him. He doesn't even have an option year. He's done after this. So, you know, hope for the Giants' sake, I hope they're re-signing him. I'm sure they have the cap space to do it. But the Cowboys, you look at it, you're like, okay, we can afford to pay all these guys. But at some point, we got to have draft capital to replace the guys we can't afford. Your Damian Wilsons, your maybe your Byron Joneses, your... Uh, I mean, I'm going back a couple years, but Anthony Hitchens, like, you need draft picks to replace the guys that you can't afford to pay. The core players that are just kind of... Right. Like, like you, got, you got your big money guys. We all know who they are, but then you need draft picks to replenish the rest of your roster and do it cheaply. So how many trades can you afford to make? That's... If the Jets would give up Jamal Adams a one, just a one for the player, bring it on all day. But if I'm all of a sudden packaging three picks across two different drafts and yeah. two of them are, you know, I can't give up two ones. No. no. I could do a one and a three. That's it's it's easy to say like, go get them, Jerry, what are you doing? But like what's the price? And I, you know, at some point you have to draw a line. I would do a one and a two only if the two is ne- is the next year. I would, I would do yeah, that. I would do a twenty twenty first and a twenty twenty one second. That's hard. So I, because you got all these guys whose contracts are about to be over, and next year this team might look very different than what it does now. Do you not want to just finally just finish going all in this year and make it happen? See, that's kind of my point. Is I, I kind of go the route of I think they've got a lot of great parts right now, and I don't know what it's going to look like next year when you have some of these unknowns, right? Yeah. Um, so if – if I'm Jerry and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to think of where I am as a team and what it would cost me to do more, I think I'm at a point right now where I'm like, man, if I got that one guy that I think pushes me over, I'm going to yeah. push it all in and I'm going to say, let's see what happens. Because I, I do believe I do believe the Eagles basically bought themselves a championship because they went all in that year. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, you know, I think the Cowboys have that kind of team where they have enough talent in all the different positions that if you're willing to go all in, I think you got a pretty good shot. I would argue that, see, the Eagles gave up a lot to put themselves in position to get wins, and that was the catalyst for everything. But, like, that's what I always said is, like, none of those moves 
were just back-breakingly heavy investments. Like Jernigan was not this crazy investment. Ajayi Alshon, was not this Jeffrey, crazy. Yeah. You're not talking about giving up multiple first and second round picks. Right. Which again, I got. I mean, and we don't know. But see what I got to know today. what the price is. Let's yeah. See what they do today this, because yeah. they they know right now that they just played the game. They're not better than the Cowboys. They right. know that. I mean, oh, they, you what the Eagles they, do today? So watch what the mm. Eagles see. Do. What I heard Cowboys a cornerback that that, that 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 the Eagles might be looking at. Who's the cornerback? Slay. Yeah, I think that and, I heard that maybe Evans. they were looking at him. Yeah, they're looking at Mike, Mike Evans. Wow. Yeah, That'd but be, I mean that I'm doesn't just, mean oh. the, these teams are ready <laughs> I don't want to that to happen. I'm yeah. bummed at how poorly this segment is going to age because in two hours and forty five minutes, it's it'll all it'll all be over. Yeah. Which, but but I, I love that about the NFL right now. Oh, I sure. love that no. trade deadline is now matters because it for yeah. many many years it did not. I will say this, and you read Jerry's quote from the fan. I don't know if they're going to do anything, but. There's way more smoke than normal that they're interested in adding somebody. Like Jerry's on. Jerry said today he's like, we've got stuff in the mill. Yeah. He's like, we're considering things. I was like, are you okay? I like it. Uh, and he said over the weekend, uh, you know, they donated a million dollars to DISD, which was really cool. Yep. He said at that event, safety is something that we're interested in. And so I'm like. Jerry's trying to give us a roadmap. I don't know if we're going to get there, but it's way more smoke than we're used to hearing around this time of year. And honestly, I don't know a lot of other safeties around the league that I would think are worthy of coming in and immediately jumping in and being better, like much better. The guy in uh, the guy in Miami comes to mind, Rashad Jones. But he see Minka playing last night. I actually didn't watch the game, but I heard he made a good play. He's playing pretty good. Uh, I would have done that too. I know. Um, I know. Jones's salary is pretty big though and that so yeah I mean there aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of great safeties on bad teams yeah other than the ones <laughs> mainly the one that we've talked about yeah. so I don't know we'll see we shall see today is the deadline at 4 I guess 4 p.m. Eastern time, so 3 p.m. Central time. We'll see if the Cowboys make any moves, and we'll be back tomorrow to talk about it, see what happens. And then also we're going to get into the Cowboys versus Giants. Uh, I guess we're going to have the Giants offensive breakdown uh, tomorrow from Dave. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!